0: Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation, and then victory in Jesus. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty.
1: Good to see each of you in the Lord's house this morning as folks continue to come in the door. That always makes a pastor's heart happy. Lo- love to see him still coming in. Amen. Amen. Um, we're going to start with a word of prayer. I wanna, I want to remind you that next Sunday <laughs> morning starts our revival. So I need you to be in prayer all through this week. Lord, stir my heart, prepare my heart. Next Sunday morning, Brother Kent York's going to be here preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So start now. Let's start praying for God to stir our hearts. Amen? Amen? Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you and we thank you for this morning that we can come and worship. That we can lift up your voice, knowing as we... Praise you and sing honor unto you. You are glorified. Lord, I do pray that you would be with our church. Help us to prepare our hearts for a revival next Sunday. And this morning, as we contemplate and consider Project 938, praying for laborers for the harvest, folks ministering for you around the world, I pray that you would help us in every way to sense and know your will and desire. We thank you, Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
0: that we might pray for them. Facing a task unfinished that drives us to our He stands up. speak the name no grave could ever hold. He is greater, he is stronger, he's the God of possible. I pray for your healing, As circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee, in Jesus' name. today. I pray miracles Circumstances would change, I pray that the fear inside would flee, in Jesus name, I pray that a breakthrough would happen today, I pray miracles over your life, in Jesus name, I pray for revival, for restoration of faith. I pray that the dead would come alive in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
1: like you to take your Bibles with me if you would. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to read to you a couple verses there, but really where we're going to go for the message is in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 down through 38. As I mentioned to you this morning, uh, really the morning and evening is dedicated to Project 938, which comes out of Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, that just reminds us that we need to pray every day for the Lord to add laborers to his harvest, harvest field of the world to reach with the gospel. It is something we are commended to do, commissioned to do, And that's what brings us to Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20. It simply gives to us the great commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. As we read that text, we know, if we have been Christians very long, we know that that's called the Great Commission. It's the commission of God for us to spread the gospel around the world near and far, starting in our Jerusalem, even unto the uttermost parts of the world, as the scriptures teach us. We as a church, we support around 40 different missions projects around the world with monthly support. And that is our part financially, but that is not all we're supposed to do. We're also supposed to be asking God, Lord, would you have me to go? And if you would not have me to go, would you, Lord, would you add to the labor field? Would you call others to go and others to do? But what can I do here? If I'm not going to go to the uttermost parts of the world, what can I do here, Lord? So that all involves prayer, doesn't it? And that brings us to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 down through 38. If you'd look there with me in your scriptures, that text says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. As you look behind me on the wall here, we have a couple banners, uh, Project 938. And there you see the verse, Matthew 938. Pray ye, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So annually, I want to remind you that... Our goal is to every day, either at 9.38 in the morning or 9.38 in the evening or both, just take a moment and pray that prayer. Lord, send forth laborers into the harvest. All around the world, both here and abroad, we need to make a difference through prayer. Asking God, I was talking to Erica. Erica's our new secretary, just a couple weeks on the job. Why don't you stand up, Erica, so everybody knows who you are. So I I handed Erica my phone the other day because I had to replace my phone. And, you know, they tell you they're downloading everything, don't they? Uh, at the the place. They say, yep, we'll download all this. They take hours. I mean, they invest all kinds of time. You think to yourself, when I get this thing back, it's going to have everything. It's a lie. (laughs) So one of the things that I lost was my little reminder at 9.38 every day to pray. I just have a little, it makes a sound and it comes up on my screen and it reminds me. 9.38, Say a prayer, ask God to add laborers to the harvest around the world. So I handed her my phone, I said, I don't know how to do this, would you do it for me? And so she said, well, I I have an Apple, yours is a, a what? A Samsung, yeah. And so I said, okay, great. She took about three minutes, she figured out how to do it. Why? Because I'm 67 and she's like 23. So it's like natural, they get in there, bam, 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 it's done. So I told her, I said, now after services tomorrow on Sunday, I think it was Friday when I was talking to her, on Sunday, I'm going to send people to you. She said, okay, I'll be glad to do it. So at the end of services today, she'll be out in the foyer. And if you need her to add into your phone, just a little reminder, at 9.38 to pray for the missionaries, to pray for the pastors, to pray for Sunday school teachers, to pray for junior church workers, to pray for nursery workers. To ask God to add laborers to the harvest around the world that we might make it, have an impact, make a difference for the cause of Christ. We need to pray just as he said for us to do. So Christ is our great example For you and I to become great commission conscious. I read to you out of Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20. The great commission for us to go out and to present the gospel around the world. But we have to be conscious of that. We have to think about that. So when we come to this text in Matthew chapter 9. We learn from Christ how we can go about becoming great commission conscious. The first thing is when you look at verse 35 and the first part of verse 36 in that text, you see that he noticed people. He looked and he saw people. You and I, we've got to be people aware. Listen to the verses again. Verse 35 and the first part of verse 36. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. You and I, as we drive in our neighborhoods and we go to work or we go to school, we go about our business, we... Day to day, go to the grocery store, the the pharmacy, the hardware store, wherever it is we go, have we become blinded to the fact that there are people all around us. Our community is full of people. I realize that we live in rural Vermont, and it's not like the big city, but still there's people all around us, isn't there? Here a little while ago, I got a phone call from a gentleman who watches all the numbers that pop up available to start a radio station. And so he called me on the phone. He pastors in Connecticut. He said, Brother Taylor, listen, in your area is popping up the availability of such and such a a radio station number. He said, are you interested in starting a radio station from your church? I said, well, I don't know. How much does it cost? How far does it reach? He said, well, I, he said to me, he says, well, I her down in Connecticut. And he says, it will reach five miles. And I thought, in Connecticut, five miles, that's a million people. In Vermont, five miles is probably going to reach 3,000 people. You know, it's going to reach Virgin's and maybe a little bit beyond out there. And so I started going over it with them and talking to them and asking them, well, what's the cost and all of that. And so I, when we get done with the conversation, it comes down to, you've got to build a tower, you've got to buy all the equipment, on and on and on it goes. And you have to think to yourself, well, how many people are going to listen to this little radio station that only goes out five miles? But you know what, as a pastor, I'm torn. Because five miles of people, while it's not Connecticut, a million, it is our little Vermont with a few thousand. And that's because I'm, I'm people conscious. You know, it's really not about the cost. It's not really about the structure. It's not about all, it's the people. And we have to think about people, don't we? We have to think about our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our relatives, all around us. And so Jesus is our example of that. In fact, when you look at him in, in verse 35 here, it tells us that he went to where? He went to all the cities and villages, and there he taught in their synagogues, and he preached the gospel of the kingdom, and he healed the sick in every disease among the people. He was making contact with people. He was looking and seeing, not just in the cities, but also in the little villages, in those hamlets and communities, those highways and those byways. Jesus was people conscious. And you and I, we need to notice those folks that we encounter every day, that we pass every day, that we stand in line at the checkout with, that we uh, pull up to the red light beside or whatever the case is all around us. They're real people with a real soul, with children and parents and spouses. They have careers and goals and objectives and dreams, but more importantly, they have an eternal soul. And that's what Jesus noticed. And he realized these people, they need, they need to hear. And so he went and taught. He went into their synagogues. He went into their communities and he taught. And he said, you know what? Not only do they have a spiritual need, he said they they have a physical need. And so Jesus healed them of their diseases, of their illnesses. You and I as individuals, if we're not careful, we become blinded to all that is around us whether it be the millions in Connecticut or the thousands in Vermont, we become very isolated and very closed into just our little world. And we have to look out and become aware of the people around us. That's part of being great commission conscious. It's kind of like going into our revival next Sunday and Uh, And me telling, what's a team leader's responsibility? A team leader's responsibility is just being people conscious. Going up and saying, hey, will you be on my team and be at the revival? Would you be on my team and be at the revival? That's all that's to it. Nobody's asking you to sell your house, sell your car, trade your kids in. None of that. Just be people conscious. And we can do that on small scales or large scales. Christ taught us to be aware. Look with me, if you would, at uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 32. Mark, chapter 6, verse 32. Look with me as I read down to verse 34. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him. And they ran afoot thither out of all their cities, and out went them and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out and saw much people, he was moved with compassion towards them, because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So Christ, he noticed, these people are searching, they're seeking. They're coming out of their villages. They're coming out of their cities. They're coming to seek Jesus because they want to know. They want to understand, who is he? Who is this man that's healing people, touching lives? Who is this man that says he's the Messiah, the Son of God, God in the flesh, come to die for the sins of mankind? And they are seeking and searching. And do you know all around us are people who are seeking and searching? And they don't know where to look and they don't know what to look for. But inside them is a yearning to know what is the truth concerning God? What is the truth concerning the gospel, Jesus? Is should I, should I chase after Middle Eastern religions or Southeastern religions, become a Buddhist, a, a, a Hinduist, Should I become a Muslim? What what should I do? These people were coming out of their villages. They want to know, is Jesus really the way? We have to become people aware. Just like Jesus was people aware. That's part of being Great Commission conscious. Look at what he continues as we go back to our text there in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and down into verse 36. Look at what it says in verse 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. When we look at that word, it it, it tells us that Jesus looked out and he saw these people. All these people from these villages, from these cities. He sees this intermingling of people. And it tells us that he noticed that they fainted. The word fainted in the Greek. I went back. I want to make sure I really understood. Because sometimes when we read a word that was translated in 1611. We want to go back and we want to see, well, how was that word meant to be translated all the way back at the time of the writing, at the time of the apostles, when they were inspired by God to pen this? And so the word fainted has three general meanings from the, from the root words. It means either to grow weak, or to lose courage, or to pretend and feign. To faint away. And so the text, the context, teaches us what it means. So as we come here, Jesus said, he noticed that they fainted. So we're no, we know they're not in a sword fight. They're not fainting away. That's not the, that the context helps us to understand. That's not what it means. Probably not that they have lost courage because they're following Jesus, they're coming out, they're looking to see, they want to learn. It's not that they have fainted in the sense that they've lost courage, but they're growing weak. They're growing weary. And the interesting thing is that Christ looks out, he sees these people, they've come out of their villages, they've come out of their cities, they're following him, and he looks and he says, they are growing weary. They're fainting. And all around us in the world we live in, we find people who are just weary, aren't they? They're tired. It's not just that they're physically tired. You talk to people, people are tired of being tired. They're tired of searching and seeking and looking for happiness, for satisfaction, for fulfillment. They can't find it in money. We're one of the most prosperous nations in the entire world. Uh, as a as a culture and a society money is not the problem most most americans live far better than all the rest of the world but they're not the happiest people in the world they're weary they're tired they're seeking and it's they can't find satisfaction in money well what about relationships well we We've come through the sexual revolution. I mean, people can have relationships after relationships. And re- I mean, they can live like an animal if they want to, but they haven't been satisfied. They're weary. They're tired. All around you, all your neighbors, your friends, your relatives, you see it. They're searching and, and looking and, and wanting to know how do I find satisfaction? Is it in a new car or a bigger house? Is it if I exchange my spouse and get another spouse? How about if I how how about if I get somebody else's kids? Because my kids are growing weary on me. How about I get those kids? And they can't find satisfaction. They're weary, they're tired. And sometimes we have to look around and realize there really are people all around us. Just like at the time of Jesus. They have grown weary. They need hope. They need a spiritual relationship with God. They need salvation that can only be found in Him. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says, People ought always to pray and not to faint. God says, put your hope in him, pray in him, rest in him, that you would not be weary, but rather find victory in him. And you and I as Christians, we also have to guard against that. Always thinking that somebody else should make us happy or something else should make us happy. God says to us, link with him and find our happiness in him. Because your spouse is not going to be able to make you happy every day. Your kids, your parents, your boss, your co-workers. If your happiness rests on another person, you're going to be let down. You will grow weary. But Jesus says, pray. Find your strength and your joy and your peace and your 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 guidance, find that in the Lord. And he says, faint not. 2 Corinthians 4, one says, as we have received mercy, faint not. So he reminds us, remember how merciful God is. Remember how much mercy he has shown us. And he says, rest in that. Find your strength in that. Don't grow weary, faint not. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. So he tells us, yes, your outward man, it's going to perish. It grows old, doesn't it? Every time I look in the mirror, I see a stranger. I think to myself, who is that old guy? Because it's not, I don't feel that way, but it's happening all the time. He says, however, faint not. Every day, let the inward man be renewed in strength in our relationship, in our walk with God. So here, as Christ looks out and he sees these multitudes, he says, they have grown weary. They have fainted. They have grown weary In their lives, in their search, in seeking satisfaction. It's interesting as you go down a little bit farther in verse 36, look at what he says. He says, and when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad. That's a very interesting thing for him to say because he's looking at them following him. They're coming to him. But he's saying, when I see them, I see people who have been cast off. They've been scattered abroad. I went back to look again. Also, I want to understand completely, what does this word scattered mean back in the Greek versus the English translation? And it literally means cast away. Just like you would cast Or scatter seed. He's saying, when I look at these people, I see people who have been cast off. They've been cast off by their religious leaders, they've been cast off by the Roman government, they've been cast off by their neighbors and their friends. They're not embraced and cared for. And Jesus says, they need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. And that is Jesus. You and I need to pray for the world. Our neighbors, our friends, our relatives. We need to pray for them for they feel cast off. When I was growing up, it was very common for people to have the same job their whole lives. That's very uncommon today. Things change. People get fired, transferred. We live in a culture of constant shifting and changing. People are cast off. Relationships, community. It's hard to find people who have roots. And Jesus looked at these folks and he said, you know what, they've been cast off. They need to be brought back in. The very next thing he says then is concerning the shepherd. He says, they are as sheep having no shepherd. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives, gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is that good shepherd. He gives his life for humanity. For every sheep upon the face of the earth throughout all time. He was willing to give his life on the cross. And that day, as he looked out and he saw those people who were weary, who were outcast, who were seeking, he knew they needed him. They needed the Savior, they needed the Messiah, they needed Christ. It's interesting as you come down a little bit farther, look with me at verse 37. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He understood that out there was a field ready, perilously ready to be harvested. I pastored in Kansas for four years. And Kansas has great vast fields Of agricultural crops. They will come with equipment. Their equipment, it folds up multiple times and when they go down the road, it still takes the whole road. And when they come to those fields, it starts unfolding and unfolding and unfolding because they're going to go and they're going to work those fields. But in the four years I pastored there and the different uh, crops that they grew, sometimes you would get to the time of harvest And something would change in the weather. And the farmers would be distraught. Because their crop was perilously close to time to harvest. And something changed. Maybe it changed cold or wet. Something that put their crop in perilous danger. It was white, ready to harvest. And that's exactly what Jesus says about these people. He says, I look out here and I see people who are perilously close. The they are white, ready to harvest. Today they need hope. Today they need to feel like they belong to God. Today they need to find strength in him. Today, they need salvation. That's why he says they are white unto harvest. But, he says there's not enough laborers. There's not enough laborers. And you and I, you know, it's, we live in such a, a different times. Things have changed so rapidly. But when I moved to Vermont, I can remember... Uh, about this time of year, there would be a migration of Dominicans. How many of you remember all the Dominicans who would come to Vermont? And they would be coming to pick apples, wouldn't they? And they would stay in all these little cottage places at all these different orchards all around the state. But if they didn't have them, what would happen? Yeah, their apples would rot on the trees, wouldn't they? Or they'd fall to the ground. They had to have them. And so they would contract. The government had certain programs they could do, and they could get them in here. And there were many more orchards than there are now, and there were many more of them who would come. But if they didn't come, then the the crop was in danger. And here Jesus is looking at all these people and he's saying they are white on the harvest. They need to know today. But the problem is we don't have the laborers. So he tells you and I, he tells his disciples that we need to connect. We need to link with the answer. We need to pray. That's the answer. Look at what he says down in verse 38. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. So he gives us the answer. The answer for the problem globally of people coming to hope and faith in Christ is we need to ask God to intervene. We need to ask God, Lord, please add laborers to the harvest. We need to pray That's the idea behind the uh, Project 938. We take that exact verse and we say, okay, at 9 o'clock in the morning, 938 in the morning, 938 in the evening, or maybe just the morning, or maybe just the evening, whatever your schedule will do, he says, pray. And what are we praying for? He says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers. We have to be great commission conscious enough to pray and say, Lord, every day, Lord, please, please add laborers to Victory Baptist Church. Please add laborers to our 40 mission uh, projects around the world. Please add laborers to uh, the many, many parachurch and church organizations around the world that are spreading the gospel and doing the work of Christ. Psalm 5.3 says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. So the psalmist, all the way then, he was saying, Lord, every morning I will look up to you and pray. And so I challenge you, set your little phone, 9.38, every morning. That's exactly what Erica did for me. 9.38 every morning, my phone does beep. And it pops up on the screen. I don't know what it says. What's it say? Pray. Pretty straightforward. The sound is enough for me. That's all I care about. If I hear that little beep, and it's 9.38, it's time for me to just say a little prayer. I don't have to pull over. I don't have to stop. It's just between me and God. 9.38. But maybe you say to yourself, well, you know what? I could do that twice a day. Psalms 88 verse 1 says, O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. The psalmist says, Every morning, Lord, and every night, I come to you in prayer. And you know what? If there was another 9.38 in there, there's a Bible verse that talks about praying in the morning, noon, and night but there's only two 938s in a day, so we're going to stop there. You could set your phone to just remind you. Or maybe your watch. Some of you have those um, James Bond watches, those, those Dick Tracy watches, and you can just set your watch. Comes on and says, "Agent, Agent Tim Taylor. Time to pray. I don't have one of those watches. John has one of those watches. Comes on there and says, Pastor John. Mighty warrior. Agent John. <laughs> Agent John. Right. You and I, it's not hard for us to become Great Commission conscious. We have to decide. We have to choose. You have all kinds of stuff that reminds you of all kinds of things. Maybe you take prescriptions and you have some kind of reminder thing. Or maybe you have appointments and you put them in your thing and and it pops up and it reminds you of your appointment. I'm challenging you this morning. And every year, I challenge you. Just take a moment every day and pray. Lord, please, add laborers to the harvest. For the, the fields are white unto harvest. All around us, our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, our neighbors, our friends, they are fainting, they're weary. They're scattered abroad. Relationships have torn their life apart. Social experimentation of all sorts has, has made them disconnected and discombobulated. They need to find hope and strength in Christ. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that are weary. The same is saying, come unto me, all ye that have fainted. You're tired, you're weary. Come unto me and I will give you rest. You and I, we find in Christ the fact that he died on the cross for our sins. The Bible teaches us for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us, no matter who we are. And we have to find our hope, our faith, our salvation and the price paid on Calvary. And he wants others to know, not just us, everyone. And he needs people to tell. He needs laborers. Just a neighbor telling a neighbor, a coworker telling a coworker. A friend telling a friend. A relative sharing with a relative. A Sunday school teacher teaching a child or an adult. The list goes on and far and wide. But every one of us can be a laborer for Christ. We have to be, we have to be great commission conscious. And praying for God to add laborers to the harvest. Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you for your compassion for a lost and dying world. That you were so moved that you sent your only begotten son, you died on the cross, that our sins might be paid for. And Lord, we look around the world and the message needs to be heard, the hope needs to be given. I pray that you would add laborers to the harvest. That a weary people might find in you salvation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you so much for coming and being in the Lord's house today.